It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good afternoon. This is Chickie Fitzgerald with the Executive Girlfriends Group. It is Friday, the 25th of February, 2011, and I am so excited to introduce my friend, Victoria Moran. I've inter- uh, interviewed Victoria a couple of different times, and Victoria is the author of 10 books, and the one that, that originally caught my attention, actually, no, uh, I was going to say uh, this was the original one, Creating a Charmed Life, but actually, it was the one that you wrote about um, about being being heavy. What what was the name of that one, Victoria? Uh, the first one was um, the Love Powered Diet, and that's recently been re-released for its third incarnation. The Love Powered Diet: Eating for Freedom, Health, and Joy. Uh-huh. And then there's one called Fit from Within: 101 Simple Secrets to Change Your Body and Your Life. Because I changed my body and that changed my life, and it's been that way for 27 years. Yeah, I was going to say you did not always live a charmed life. So why don't well, you I just give us a, a little life. color? <laughs> I just didn't always live in a charmed body. There oh, you go. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. I'm always humbled when Chicky invites me to be on one of her calls because I am so in awe of what you guys do. I am not an entrepreneur, and I am not an executive. I am an artist. And, uh, you know, I think sometimes we artsy types just come from a a different uh, mold. And I just stand in awe of, oh, my gosh, they understand the business world. They understand (laughs) finance and negotiation and all of those grown-up things. And they're going to listen to me. Wahoo. So I'll do my very best to give you the best I've got because what I've got comes from a different part of life and hopefully it can in- enrich uh, yours, although I know there's certainly plenty I could learn from you. Well, I'm, the one I was thinking of, Victoria, is fat, broken, lonely, no more. Oh, you and wrote I, that one. You and my mother were the yes, two who bought that book. I just loved the title because, you know, it, it really uh, – symbolized making a decision about change. It wasn't like you just all of a sudden find yourself in a different place. There has to be some catalyst for the movement. So set the stage for us. Well, that is so interesting because that I have not warmed to the title of that book yet, and it came out in 2008, I think. <laughs> I should really get on it. That was not my title because I have such a heart connection to people who are dealing with all of these issues, but the weight issue probably more than any of the others, because I've been broken lonely too, but those don't seem quite as personal, and fat just seems like such an ugly word, and I spent so much of my life living with that, that it was real hard for me when my editor said, no, this is the way things are now. People want something to be young, hip, and in your face, and I thought, then why are you asking me to write it? But I do think it's a really good book. And I have been fat, broken, lonely sometimes all at once. 
and have overcome those things. So something's working right. I actually always had a sense that I had a charmed life, even as a very small child, and it wasn't that my life was so perfect. I had one of those dysfunctional families. Probably more of us had one of those than the other kind. And there was lots going on, and my parents divorced back in the days when parents didn't divorce. And, you know, there was just any number of uh, curious uh, things going on. My dad was the doctor to the mob back in Kansas City. Uh, so it was it was an interesting life. And yet I always knew that there was something kind of sparkly. There was just something that I knew I was not ever going to be confined in same old, same old. And I'd hear adults. I was always very good at listening to them. And, you know, how you doing? Ah, same old, same old. Nah, another day, another dollar. I'm thinking, no, there's more than that. I may only be five, but I know there's more than that. And then when I was 14, I got a press card for a teen magazine because I wanted to meet the Beatles. Now, any little girl could get that for a dollar, but I took mine extremely seriously. And when I was 14 and a half, almost to the day, I got into my first Beatles press conference. And up in that hotel in Kansas City, Missouri, where I'm from, looking out the window and seeing thousands of little girls my age outside, across the street, behind a rope, and I was five feet from my favorite beetle. <laughs> I knew I was doing something right, and I have made a study of what that is to this day, and that's why I can write books about Creating a Charmed Life. That was the first one. Living a Charmed Life was the sequel that was new in 2009. And I just keep living it and reporting what I find out. So what would you tell our listeners about what what the first secret was? I mean, you you just described uh, having a dream and not really understanding that there were barriers to achieving that and really setting that all aside and just going for it. Yes, that's you really picked up on an active ingredient, not realizing that there were barriers. And this is what happens. We educate ourselves into barriers. Sometimes we create barriers that aren't there, and other times we are so addicted to our practicality that we just can't get over the fact that just because maybe there is a barrier there, people move around barriers, they climb over barriers, they move the barriers out of the way, they dynamite the barriers out of existence. There are all sorts of ways to deal with barriers, and we get stuck when we don't see that, when all we see is the barrier. So when you're a kid, you don't have that. I certainly didn't have that. I mean, I had my my press card. I had a letter to that press conference, and even though the guards downstairs were told, keep all teenagers out, and they told that to me too, even though I had all this documentation, I saw the gentleman who was the promoter who had brought the Beatles to Kansas City. His name was Charlie Finley. He owned the Kansas City Athletics at that time. They went on to be Oakland A's. He came in with a Playboy bunny on one arm, and I went up to him and said, here's my press card, here's my letter, I'm supposed to be there. And he looked me up and down, and I was this kind of overweight kid with bad skin and not too smart on how to get my mod attire looking cool. And he said, okay, 
and the Playboy Bunny on his right arm and me on my his left, <laughs> up we went because, just like you said, I didn't see the barriers. Now, th- I was reminded of this as an adult when I was going through a really down period, and it was interesting, Chicky, to hear that you had been through a winter. That was an interesting terminology, and I'm so happy yeah, to hear that. It was two years long, by the way. That's a long winter. It and, was. And during one of the winters in, in my life, my first husband died very suddenly when our daughter was four years old, and I didn't know what to do, so I moved to the country, which for me was the stupidest thing ever. I had no skills for living in the country, and I hated living in the country. I just didn't know what else to do, and I was scared. I was afraid that I couldn't afford to keep living in in Kansas City, which is not exactly a bastion of high cost, but it seemed that way to me. And so we moved to a little cabin in the Missouri Ozarks. I was basically miserable. And one day, my daughter, who had just turned seven, came in with a piece of poster board on which she had written things I want to do. And they were fantastic. She said, I want to go to Paris. I want to go to China. I want to be in a movie. I want to learn to scuba dive. And I'm thinking, okay, I don't want the kid to be just lost in fantasy land. I mean, we're living in a cabin 10 miles from a town you can hardly see, sharing one closet. But on the other hand, I don't want to dash her dreams. So I I took the kind of um, mother's way out when you don't know what else to do, and I said, that's nice. And she hung her little sign on her side of the one closet, and it took some time. But by the time she was 12 years old, she had done everything that was on that sign that she had made. She Uh had gone to Paris from the frequent flyer miles from having gone to China twice. She had learned to scuba dive off the coast of Kauai, and she had been in her first movie, a low-budget horror film that I didn't let her see after she was in it, but it still counted, and she's gone on to do that that kind of work. She had a featured dancer role in Revolutionary Road. She was a stunt double in uh, an Eddie Murphy movie called Meet Dave. She's gone on into that world, but at that time, these wow. things manifested, and the cool thing was I got to go along, and sometimes I think that we think that if we have these great expectations, we're going to leave those we love behind. Even some of those that we love who aren't even here anymore, like, well, gosh, my mom, my dad didn't get to do that. Is it really right I should go on and have this phenomenal life? Yes, it's really right. Because if you're not physically bringing those you love along with you, you're bringing them along psychically, and it just really uplifts everybody. So what would you say the next thing that you learned? Uh, You know, obviously you guys had gone through quite a bit, and and you obviously did not stay in the little cabin. You you (laughs) did make your way to New York. So tell us about that journey. Well, you know, I really believe that God or the universe or whatever you want to call it uses even our missteps and, and can turn it all into something good. So I got out of the Ozarks um, because I met a guy, and he lived in Connecticut. And I knew he was not the right guy. He was a nice guy, but it, it was so obvious that this was not any kind of match made in heaven, but it was a match that could get me out of that little cabin in the Ozarks. So I moved to Connecticut, 
And um, through those connections, that was how the trips to China came about. And that was step one. You know, I would love to say, well, what really happened was I wrote a New York Times bestseller and I got us out on my own. I didn't. I got out because there was a guy and it wasn't the right guy. But it still got us out. (laughs) And then um, after that didn't work, uh, we did move back to Kansas City. And that was just right, too, because my daughter was getting interested in theater at that time. And there was a wonderful, wonderful theater in Kansas City with a wonderful teacher who was one of those people that was really supposed to be in, in her life. And we were there for several years. And... Everything just started coming. I wrote the first book when I was living in Connecticut, and then they just kept coming every other year, every other year. One would do better than the next. I got on Oprah. Different things happened. Got on All Things Considered. Different things happened. Got on Oprah again. Different things happened. Got on Good Morning America. And it was just like this lovely, lovely spiral. And then when it came time to move to New York, because my daughter was ready to come and I was ready to come, it was just as if the universe opened to make that possible, too. One thing I think, we sometimes believe that it's all either black or white. Either there is just this amazing experience where everything comes clear, And it's almost as if all the forces in the universe are shouting, this is the road you are supposed to take, or nothing happens and you're not supposed to move or change or do anything. What more often happens, in my experience and the experience of the people that I work with, I do life coaching and holistic health counseling, and I just get to listen to lots of people, which is a great blessing and a great education, it seems that there's a little nudge just a little tiny nudge. You know, this really is right. And then we talk back to that nudge and we say, well, how could it be right when it looks so complex? It's right. It's right. And if you go just a step at a time, then the rest seems to open up. So over the years, have have you kept a journal that, that allows you to go back and, and track these things that have helped you write your books? Or, or do you do you just recall you know, with with great uh, detail, the things that you went through. Oh, that's so interesting. I journal from time to time, and I don't save them. There have been times that I've saved them. There have been times I've had four or five of them. But one thing that happens when you move to New York City, maybe uh, Marge will, is it Marge that lives here in New York? Um, Yeah. Will back yeah. me up on that too. You don't keep anything you don't have to keep. We're dealing with space constraints on this <laughs> island, and so you know I, I don't keep them. But I believe there is something magical about writing. There's something about the pen in the hand and the heart and the brain, and you don't have to go back and read that stuff over again necessarily. Although some people do and get a lot out of that, the the healing comes in the process. And when you fill that book up, if you just want to shred it and let it go, that works too. Interesting. So let's talk about um, some of the things on the health and wellness side, because I know that you are uh, focusing a lot of energy on that, and and I was very intrigued by your talking about a a wake-up call service that you have conceived. And... uh, you know, when I first got my iPhone, I thought, 
you know, it seemed really silly that the phone had music and it had a clock, but you couldn't set the clock to, like, have a song come on. <laughs> so I had to go find an app, and I found finally found an app that if I don't set it just right, you know, I have this problem. And I, I do travel a fair bit, or my husband gets up early and leaves and doesn't wake me up. And, and uh, so a wake-up call sounds like a really, really good idea to me, particularly if it helps you start your day really positive. So oh, talk well, to us about that dream. Thank you. Well, actually, it, it, it's not mine. I'm, I'm part of uh, mywakeupcalls.net, and the one that I have done is called My Wake Up for My Weight Loss for Life Wake Up Call. So I'm in the weight loss area. They have some other wonderful people. They have Dr. Judith Orloff talking about um, intuition. Um, Mary Manon Morrissey has some calls. Lots of wonderful people. They've got prosperity and and energy and fitness and all different kinds of things that you might want to wake up to. Mine is weight loss. And actually, for anybody that's interested, I'm going to be doing a a free teleclass this Monday night uh, about weight and weight loss and food and self-love that's sponsored by mywakeupcalls.net. I'm going to be interviewed by Lisa Kogan of O Magazine, and she's also a wonderful author, a comedic author, so that ought to be a great, fun evening. It's going to be at 8.30 Eastern Time on Monday, and I believe you can find information about that at mywakeupcalls.net. If you don't see it there easily to access, write to Robin, R-O-B-I-N, at mywakeupcalls.net and tell her you want to be on the call. Uh, And that should be really fun. But above and beyond wake-up calls, I got the wake-up call of my life the day that I stopped fighting food and weight. I had fought it my entire life. My dad was a diet doctor my mother was in the reducing salon business, they called it at that time. They had right. belts and rollers that supposedly <laughs> jostle you into thinness. It didn't work <laughs> for me. And so I had just been beating myself up about what I ate my whole life. And then the only way to feel better was to eat more. And I periodically dieted, and that was even worse. So one day, I will never forget, I just said, you know what, God, I may never be thin. Can you just make me free? And that started Uh everything. And I got to be free and thin, and I highly recommend it. And by thin, I don't mean that kind of skinny, you know, like a lot of women are told they're supposed to be. When my daughter was in theater school, she once talked about the dancer diet and I said well, what's the dancer diet she said oh it's diet coke and cigarettes that's not the kind of thing I'm talking uh. about I am talking about this incredible vibrancy and vitality and zest for life that is beyond my wildest dreams if anybody had told me that at the age I am now let us just say that I'm past 50 you can guess how much past that I would look and feel the way I look and feel today, I would have thought they'd been smoking something that grew. <laughs> it's it's quite a remarkable life, and it has to do with attitude, spiritual connection, and consuming food that is full of life energy. Because we know garbage in, garbage out, life energy in, life energy out. 
So when when folks go to my wakeupcalls.net, uh, I was just taking a look at it, they can go directly to my weight loss for life wake-up call, and they subscribe by the month. And uh, you can just go ahead and, and click on Buy Now, and it, it will download uh, the various messages from from Victoria. And and so they can set that so that every morning they wake up to a, a message that helps them uh, make good decisions and feel good about themselves, and not not have that constant battle. And I know exactly what you're talking about, Victoria, because I I have had. Uh, that struggle for a very, very long time in my life. And mine started when I was uh, trying to uh, have my daughter and had to go through all the infertility drugs and, and, you know, had been in really good shape before I got pregnant. But I gained 25 pounds on the fertility drugs, 50 pounds being pregnant, and, you know, have struggled with that set of weight, you know, for the last 13 years. And just recently I've lost about 15 of it. And I keep looking at myself in the mirror and thank God uh, that he lets you lose it in your face first because every time I look in the mirror I think, wow. And every time I see food that is not a really good choice for me, um, you know, I have no desire to eat it because I, I, I go back and I look in the mirror and I think, wow, this is how it feels to feel better. And I know, I mean, my motivation isn't so much being thin, although I, I definitely would like that. But, you know, I'm 53 and, and my daughter is 13 and my son is 11. And, I mean, I want to watch them grow up. And, you know, I came from a family where my, you know, my dad died of heart disease and my mom had had a stroke and, and died about seven years later. And, you know, nobody in my family on my side has lived past 75. Mm. And, I, you know, I don't want that to be my legacy. So and talk to us about the, to yeah, tell me about the vitality side, because, you know, that word isn't something that we use frequently in our lives, but it, it's one that is really attractive to me. Well, you know, I think we don't use it because so few people remember it. You know, you feel like, you know, maybe you had it on the cheerleading team or something, and that was way back then. But it happens when you start to live in a way that seems very unusual in our culture because in this culture it's very normal to eat food that's pretty lifeless, pretty dead, maybe a little salad, a little veg on the side. But basically, you know, we eat a lot of kind of grayish, brownish food. <laughs> right. It doesn't have that great, wonderful, colorful vitality itself. And then we think somehow we're supposed to get vitality out of it. So some of the secrets that I know of for vitality, and certainly take what you like and leave the rest. You, you are the expert on your own life and your own body. So what what uh, re- resonates with you, that's great, that's for you. Whatever doesn't resonate, just leave it here. Somebody else can have it. But one of the things that I just find almost magical is fresh juice, particularly juice with greens in it. Oh, you know, we say, just had this discussion a couple of weeks ago, so I can't wait to hear what you put in yours. Oh, okay, cool. Well, the important thing, people are always saying, but, you know, why should you drink juice? Because don't you need fiber? Oh, yes, and we don't get nearly enough fiber in this country. But what I find is when people start drinking juice, then they want to have more fruits, more vegetables, more beans, more whole grains, all those foods with the fiber in them. 
and it kind of pushes out some of the other stuff that we're used to eating. And the reason that juice is so great is that it goes right into your bloodstream. It bypasses the complex digestive mechanism that other foods require. And it's just like a transfusion of youthfulness. It's just zing. Now, I'm going to tell you what kind of juicer I have. I don't work for these people. I should. If they gave me 50 cents every time I recommended their juicer, I could retire today. Um, And they don't. It's the Brevelle Juicer, B-R-E-V-I-L-L-E. The reason I like it is it's easy to clean. And you can get juicers on eBay, at garage sales, any day of the week because people get tired of cleaning them. And then they don't make the juice, and then eventually they get rid of the juicer. And this Brevelle that you can just get at Bed Bath & Beyond or anywhere that, that sells household appliances works beautifully, cleans easily, and it will juice greens. And some of the other juicers that are a little bit less expensive just can't handle the greens. They can do apples and celery and and carrots, but what you really want to get coursing through your veins are the wonderful phytochemicals and nutrients that are in dark leafy greens. Our nearest relatives in nature, the anthropoid apes, have 38% of their diet as leafy greens. We need to catch up. So what are leafy greens? Kale, collards, romaine, it's not real dark, but it counts. Broccoli counts. Uh, Lettuce counts. It's got some leaves on there. Arugula, all these wonderful baby greens that you can just get and toss into a salad. Spinach, greens, green, green, green. Now, people think, ew, juice that stuff, that sounds awful. Well, this is what you need to do. I'm going to give you my favorite juice recipe. It is not mine. I want to give credit where it's due. I learned it from Natalia Rose, who's the author of a book called The Raw Food Detox Diet. This is Natalia's green lemonade. I have it almost every morning, and it is stunning. You take a head of kale, I'm sorry, a head of romaine, forgive me, a head of romaine, four stalks of kale, one or two apples, and a lemon. You peel the lemon, and everything else you just put through the juicer as is, and it is so delicious. If you don't have romaine, you can use celery instead. And if you closed your eyes and took a drink, you'd say, oh, that's nice lemonade, really nice. It's only when you open your eyes you see that it's green. And you can get books like The Juice Man's Power of Juicing. There are all sorts of different combinations that you can make. But that's one way to get that vitality into your life first thing in the morning. If you're able to have some juice again in the middle of the afternoon or the late afternoon when you just come in from the office, everything in your life will change in 30 days. I guarantee it. Well, I can't wait. We actually um, interviewed someone a couple of weeks ago that was talking about uh, just the value of raw foods um, in in our diets, and and it's unusual to have you know a couple of people on within a, a given month talking about health and wellness because it you know we normally spend a lot of time talking about business topics, but I think so many of us, um, you know. You made the comment at the beginning that you know we we know and understand all these business things, and we do. And the area of our lives that we so often let go is taking care of ourselves, and we push ourselves, and we take on 
uh, too much, and we take on we imply deadlines on ourselves. Uh, before everybody joined, Rebecca was and I were talking about you know different things that we need to get done. And and yesterday I was so overwhelmed. I wanted to come to this leadership conference, and I couldn't imagine how I could get everything done that I needed to do. And then last night I just sent notes off to everybody saying I'm not bidding on this. Um, you know, can you wait until Monday on this? And I just cleared my own schedule. And you know, I I think God's just speaking to me about uh, these things, and that's why you're on again, Victoria, because, you know, on the charmed life side of things and really knowing that I'm doing what I am gifted to do, I mean, that comes way more easily than making time for my body and and putting the right things in it. And so uh, I am absolutely going to... uh, to start juicing. I actually have a juicer at home, but I, I'm pretty sure it's one that does not do the greens well, so I'll give it a try, and if it gets clogged up, I'll, uh, I will try the one that you recommended. Well, you can also make green smoothies. I don't know if your raw food person from a couple of weeks ago talked about those. But yes, she an, did. That's another way to get the greens, and then that way the fiber is, is there. You don't get the immediate into the bloodstream, but it's another great way to up the greens in the diet. I tell my clients that their plate should look like a Christmas tree, mostly green with lots of other bright colors. And if you can just think about that image and think about every time you're planning a meal or you're going through the salad bar or ordering from the menu, mostly green with other bright colors. Mm. It makes such a difference. And then what happens is, I think our cells are part of why we have cravings and why we want certain things. And what's already there seems to call for more. So when you start putting this kind of stuff, really live, vibrant, vital food into your body, then your cells are saying, "Uh, excuse me, I need some more salad. (laughs) You know, I want another sweet potato. I, I want some more juice. Instead of all the stuff that we're always thinking, oh, I, I couldn't live without, you know, whatever it is, you know, cakes or cookies or diet soda, once your body gets some of this other stuff, that's what it wants. And so what about the exercise side of the equation? Well, you know, for me that is a much harder part just because I was not, I, I didn't grow up that way. I was a fat kid. I was picked last for everything. So I was not imprinted with the idea that motion is fun. And it's so interesting when I I talk to people, my my clients, and I'll ask them about exercise, and I either get, I hate it, or, oh, you know, it's, it's so much fun to move. I may not be doing as much right now as I'd like to be doing because I'm really busy and I've got kids and this and that, but, but it is fun. So I think the thing of it is, if you like it already, you don't have as far to go to get it in on a regular basis. All you have to do is remember what was fun and give yourself enough care and concern that you can have some fun. Now, those of us who don't think that it is possible to have fun while in motion have a little bit further (laughs) to go on that. And so you find what comes close. And for me, the door through which I walk into more activity, because it's it's cyclical for me. I can get really, really into going to the gym every day, and then I kind of fall away again. Because, you know, we are imprinted as small children with what is normal. And my imprinting was normal and fun is to sit and read 
and have interesting discussions and watch some TV. That's what my child self got imprinted with. So <laughs> when I'm not in the gym mode, I can get back through the door of yoga because yoga lets you bring your soul along. And I remember when I discovered it at the age of 17 and and just feeling like I had struck gold, like, oh, my gosh, there is a way to move my body and get healthier and still bring this other side of me, this more mystical part of me where I was always more comfortable. So for me, if I've kind of noticed, wait a minute, I haven't exercised in a few days here, and sometimes I will admit it's even been a few weeks, then I get out the old yoga mat and I start doing the yoga every morning. And after I've done that for three or four days, my relationship with my body shifts, and then I want to get down to the gym. So you need to find what that door is for you. For some people, it's out the outdoors, just whether it's biking or, or running or whatever it is, just get out in nature and that'll do it. Other people need to be in a group. You need to go to a gym with classes or just get around people. Some people just love to dance. I, I have a friend, she confided in me last week that she was 67 years old and she said, I live to dance. My husband was giving me a hard time about it and I said, darling, we've been married 45 years. Nothing could come between us unless you wouldn't let me dance. So if you can find something like that, that's what's going to keep you active and in motion. And that's really, it doesn't have to be all that fancy. I mean, it is wonderful when you lift weights because that makes your bones strong and you want to do the cardio exercise to keep your heart strong. But the fact is, primitive people didn't know anything about cardio and weight training. They just knew that it was required to get through life. They had to be active. It's not required for us. So we have to bring it in from the outside. And right. uh, it's a panacea for staying young, that's for sure. <laughs> well, Victoria, this has been really terrific. I uh, noticed the meeting I was in uh, is getting out, so it, it may get a little noisy. But I'd like to give uh, folks a chance to either comment or if they have any questions. So if you want to ask any questions, please remember to unmute your phone. Okay, well, you must have been very, very thorough. Well, I would I think love... It's what I scare people. I feel like, <laughs> I don't know, I love it when people talk to me. Well, I'll tell you what, we were, are going to get together uh, with some of the egg women in New York in a couple of weeks. I'm going to be there for a kickoff of a, a new client engagement on the 9th. So we will invite you in, and hopefully they won't be as shy face-to-face. -face. Oh, that would be so much fun. I would love that. So okay. thank you. Well, terrific. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And uh, just keep on keeping on. I can't wait to listen to you every morning on your call because uh, I, I have about 50 or 60 more pounds to go. So I uh, would love to do it with you every morning. A day at a time. Thanks for Absolutely. everything. Thanks for having me on. All right. Terrific. Thanks, Victoria. Bye-bye.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.